This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I love that singing at the top of the garden show. <laughs> well, it is pretty corny, you got to admit. <laughs> I do love it. Robbie Lane in for Frank Proctor, and I'm here with the garden guru herself, uh, Charlie Dobbin. Well, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. How are yes, you doing? I'm great. What a great week this has been. And what a great sparkly shirt you're wearing. Yeah, well, the neighbors I... threw out their curtains, and my wife <laughs> sewed up a got shirt for busy. me. <laughs> it's great. That's like, a, you, that's like a real star thing. Do you wear that on stage? No. No? No. Why? Don't you, do you wear glitter and stuff, don't you? No, I just wear either black or white um, yeah I didn't mainly know black to what disappear <laughs> no i don't know it's just always been the it's, way we've done it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well it's the, it's serious it's serious very yeah. serious it looks yeah. professional too. yes it yeah. does yes but not black glitter just, not black glitter just black. no, no. Oh, okay. I, I don't think i could get away with black glitter <laughs> It doesn't match my toenail polish. <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> <say. laughs> but that is a great shirt. I really like that. Thank you, Charlie. Now, and thank you for the cucumber. You brought David and I a cucumber today. I did. Beans last week. Uh, I tell you. We're just getting spoiled. Let's see what it is next week. Yeah, you <laughs> never know. It's I'm the... afraid to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, things are coming along. You yes. know, that's, uh, the gardens are definitely growing. We did get some rain, I'm so pleased to say, yeah. last Sunday at our place. Not everybody did, but no. we did, and that made a big difference. That yes. was a nice downpour. My rain barrel filled up again. Good. Excellent. But I was out in Goderich um, this week. And they haven't had rain in weeks and weeks. It's just crispy out there. Like, yeah. their lawns are truly yellow. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we did get, like I say, that blip of rain made a, certainly saved my vegetable garden. Yeah, part <laughs> so, of our lawn is green again, but the yeah. rest of it is still that yellow, yeah. rusty color. Yeah. Crispy when you <laughs> crispy, walk on yeah, it. Yes. <laughs> well, I should give out the phone numbers. Sure. Because lots of people will want to call in and ask you a question or two. 416 Three six seven zero seven forty or toll free here in Ontario at one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. So, do you have anything, any news off the top that you want to? Pass? I I do, but one thing I do want to share first is um, when you said uh, people might want to call and ask a question or two. It's one question per right. person. The mantra is one question per person. Yes, exactly. and remember we have your phone numbers out there. <laughs> <laughs> call early, right? Call yeah, often. And call often, but yes. just one question at a time. Uh, so, but some announcements, uh, things to mark on your calendars tomorrow. The Scarborough Garden and Hort Society. Society hosts their annual garden tour. It's from 12 noon until 4 p.m. What you do is you meet at the Scarborough Village Community Center parking lot, mm-hmm. which is at 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. That, uh, when you get there, uh, starting at 11:30 a.m., you may purchase the passport, which will give you the top secret location of the garden locations, ten dollars, and you'll self guide yourself around to the various gardens. But a special little thing that they've added in, I think, is kind of cool, is tea will be served oh. from 3:30 until 5 p.m. at the historic Christchurch. 
Church, which is right next door to the Scarborough Village Community Center. That so, sounds really nice. Yeah, so a nice outing tomorrow if you're in the Scarborough area and would like to uh, get the sneak peek into some gardens. Why not? 12 and till 4. It's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow. It is. That's gorgeous. What they say. That's what they say. Next Saturday, I did mention this last week, the Richmond Hill Garden and Hort Society is sponsoring an edible gardens learning tour, which I think sounds quite fun. Uh, so lots to learn, whether you're gardening in, in a small one small pot or a multi-acreage. There's You'll be able to see those kinds of gardens on this tour because they've got a real, real good mix of different kind of edible gardens. Berries, fruit trees, vegetables, I mean, you know, just everything. Herbs. Great. More information, www.richmondhillgardensociety.org and click on Garden Tours. Um, back for its second year. You, this is something you might be interested in, Robbie. Okay, okay. The Toronto Botanical Gardens, which is not that far from where you live. It's That's Leslie right. and Lawrence. Yes, so great place. East End, uh, right next to the Edwards Gardens. Yep. Well, ev- for the second year, they are now, um, every Thursday night, they have music in the gardens. So they have live music. And actually, that's a really good point. You should be there. That's You might want to call them up. <laughs> Every Thursday, they have a different, you know, whoever it is, whether it's a band yeah. or it's a, you know, whatever, musicians uh, or both. And um, they also have an organic farmer's market at the exact same time. So every Thursday evening. So lots of selection, seasonal produce, cheeses, meats. Uh, they have tents out in the parking lot where the organic farmer's market is from 3 until 7, uh, right through till early October. And then, of course, like I say, the Gardens of Song series takes place from 7 to 8.30, same evening. i got to go there. Yeah, and there's a cafe. You can purchase uh, whatever, some food, sit down. You can even rent a chair if you don't have a chair. You don't bring your own. Good you can idea. rent a chair. I think it's a dollar. And then you can be comfortable, listen to the music. Can uh, you get wine there? Good question. Uh, is it licensed? Because my wife, Marilyn, she won't be there if there's it no was, wine. Well, you could bring your own. Like, okay. you can bring your own food. You know, you can bring your own picnic. Yeah, right? we'll you don't just have... get an intravenous drip for her. That's probably <laughs> the best way. I'd probably really like your wife. <laughs> you would. <laughs> so, uh, one more quick thing, and this is a new one. The Canadian National Exhibition, the CNE. Every year they host a horticulture show. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's in the Direct Energy Center yes. on the main floor in Heritage Court. It's quite a big deal. Now, it's open to everyone, anybody who's growing any house plants, um, flowers, and vegetables can enter into the show. You do not need to be the member of any kind of a hort society at wow. all, though you can be as well. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of money to be won. Really? really? And uh, no, it's not like thousands, but, no, but but it's it's people love this. I mean, people get very competitive about. I mean, those are pretty beautiful cucumbers I brought you guys yeah, today. They are. So you know they what are. I mean? Like people get pretty They're competitive. AAA. That's right. So so if you're interested in getting involved at the CNE Horticultural Show, go to their website. It's thex one word dot com. Then you have to kind of click through, and you're going to find as you as you click around downloads, and then there will be a, one of the downloads will be the CNE 2012 Horticulture Show schedule and prize list. Click on that, and there's all your information. Or give their office a call at the CNE. The office number is four one six two six three three eight three five. Or the chairperson of the show, Dave Money. Everybody knows Dave Money. He's been around in the horticultural world for absolutely ever. Give him a call, 
3788. And uh, good luck to all the entrants. Yeah, well, that's a great idea to let anybody come to that show. That's right. And, yeah. and participate. Yeah, it's quite, yeah, like it's, you say, it's I like that. Pretty idea. competitive. People stand around, you know, with little paintbrushes, <laughs> cleaning and fluffing and primping their plants. They would. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll have to keep that in mind. And the uh, Toronto Bota- Botanical Gardens as well, because that's really nights. close to me. Thursday nights. Yeah. All right, we should go to our first caller, Neil. Oh, we're, oh, we're not going to go to our first caller. I should be watching David, but he has no lights on over there, so I can't see him. <laughs> he hides behind that computer monitor. He actually. does. I think yeah. he sleeps. <laughs> yeah. He's actually naked right now. You don't know that, but he is. <laughs> oh, no. Come All right, we're going to come back <laughs> with our first caller after this. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And good morning. We have a few callers on the line. I just should give out the numbers one more time. 416-367-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And Charlie Dobbin, we do have a caller, Neil, from Aurora, who's something to say about his lily roots. So, Mm. good morning, Neil. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Excuse me. Uh, is there anything you could put on uh, lily roots? Probably eco. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> Probably eco-friendly. That would destroy r- r- lily roots. Short of digging them up. Yeah, and are these day lilies or lily of the valley or what is it? Yeah, they're, they're wild lilies. You know, the big, long, tall orange ones. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, like the ty- the ones we see in the ditches. Yeah, they spread like crazy. They do, and those roots are very hard to eliminate. Are they mixed in with other garden plants, or is this an empty space that you're trying to reclaim? Uh, there is one or two uh, coming up through some small bushes we have, you know. Oh, I see. Hmm. I, I dug a lot up, you know, but uh, I'm fighting a losing battle. I know. Well, that's the thing. Those roots get all entangled and entwined with existing roots of shrubs and plants we love. Honestly, yeah. they're the, the the best way, the only real way to eliminate those daylily roots is to dig up what you love pull yeah. out all the chunks of daylily that's all mixed in with the with the roots. Now, it's a little too hot and dry to do this right now, but it's something you could do in the fall. Yeah. And uh, you'd have to literally pull out every chunk of, of lily that's mixed in there. Um, and, and then what I'd be inclined to do is if you had a holding spot where you could put the things that you are going to go back into that spot but hold them over winter uh, in another garden somewhere temporarily, then you could use the um, the suffocation method black plastic or dark plastic over the surface of the soil where those little bits of lily are still coming up. Uh, And you'd have to, of course, seal the edges of that plastic with rocks or soil so there's no water, no light getting underneath. And that will ultimately kill the lily roots. Um, Anything that you use that would kill the lily roots would also damage the lovely plants you want to keep. You know, if you want to just leave them there and start considering, uh, you know, Roundup or, or some of the horticultural vinegars and those kinds of things, very hard to, to just kill the lily and not anything else with those sprays. Though, you know, technically you could do it really, really carefully if you're in there non-windy day with some, some of the, um, you know, weed be gone, it's called, or the path. The stuff that's called path clear is the very strong smelling high potency vinegar. And that can be used on anything green and will kill anything green that it contacts. So, you know, if you want to really selectively and carefully spray the little bits of lily as they're coming up, careful to not spray anything you love, you could over a period of time also effectively eliminate the lilies that way. 
Okay, thanks very much. Okay, good You're luck welcome, with that. Neil. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Well, Neil, uh, that reminded me of yes. my problem with Lily of the Valley. Yes. And no matter how much I dug them up, there were a million more next year. Mm-hmm. So we finally just took them out of there. Yeah, sawed it over. Oh, that's right. You said, yeah. yeah. And you, you actually did a dig to take them yes. out? Yeah, because yeah. they would have come up through the side. Well, so far, so good. <laughs> Fingers crossed. You never know. <laughs> well, you see, that's the thing. If the sod starts to suffer and, and become thin and sparse, I wouldn't be surprised if those, you know, lilies took advantage, the lily of the valley took advantage and started poking up. So I wouldn't be surprised You do either. have to keep that turf competing effectively and winning the competition with the lily of the valley. Yeah, well... Right? We're going to try. All right. We'll talk a bit more about turf for people that are interested in what to do with your lawn through the dog days of summer. Yeah, boy, these are dog days, too. We've got Merle. <laughs> I think that's her name. Oh, calling in from uh, North York. And she has a crab apple tree that she's probably driving her crazy with all the apples falling on the ground. Right, Merle? No, it's oh. not the apples. It's the leaves. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Charlie can help you out. <laughs> I had heard before that you had to rake the leaves up. They were bad for the grass and the lawn. Mm-hmm. And? and is that true? I don't oh. know because I just like to. I have a mulching lawnmower. I mean, I could oh. just go right over them if that's not true. Well, uh, do you find that your crab apple is losing leaves now? Yes, lots of leaves. Lots of leaves, and they're mostly yellow. Yes, they are. And they have little spots, brown and black spots. Yeah, they're on brown. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's you're right. Okay, so that's a really good question, actually. What's happened is the crab apple has a fungal disease, and that's just why this defoliation is happening early. There are some varieties of crab apple, some of the older varieties particularly, are very susceptible to many fungus kind of uh, spores or fungal spores. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is those leaves are dropping as a result of that. But you're absolutely right. This time of year, you go over those leaves with your mulching mower. They get chopped up fine. Mm-hmm. Assuming that your lawn is a healthy lawn, it's got a good living soil, so lots of life. We're talking, you know, um, everything from earwigs and worms that we can see down to little tiny microorganisms we can't see. But a, a living lawn, a healthy lawn with good, healthy soil, they'll just chew up, you know, not literally, but they will decompose those little bits of leaves very quickly. So oh, the, the, okay. So that's my, you know, the the lawn on that side under the tree is not that great. So maybe that's another thing I need to do too is is enrich that soil. Good idea. Get yeah, down some, some. I can do it now at this time of the year. Sure, well. you could. You could for sure. Um, I wouldn't do a lot of seeding of grass seed right now or no. fertilizing, but certainly you can always top dress and uh, with a good compost. I mean, a real living compost, if you oh, will. Oh, okay. Whether it's okay, your well, own that's, homemade. That's terrific. Then. Thank yeah. you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. You're welcome, Merle. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks. Yeah, just a, yeah. an addendum to that. Just because, um, like Merle was saying, you know, you're not supposed to leave the leaves on the lawn. In the fall, when we are out there mulching or collecting leaves, there isn't as much time frame for the decomposition of the leaves to take place before winter hits. Yeah. Because once winter hits, it gets cold and everything gets dormant. So the trick is, is to be mulching those leaves now, doing everything in your power to make them disappear. Yes. In the fall, it is usually wiser to take diseased leaves off the property rather than keeping them on the property. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's got the right idea she's, now. She's yeah, asking the right question at yeah. the right time. 416-367-0740 if you have a question for Charlie Dobbin. It is the Garden Show, so it should be a question about gardening. <laughs> so because, we're pretty open to yeah, it. Yeah, we you are know, open. We'll yeah. talk about we can know, talk anything. About
sexual Pretty dysfunction. Much. And <laughs> well, you can handle that. <laughs> okay, <angle>. all right. <laughs> all right, we're going to come back with. Uh, let's see who we got waiting. Jane is on the line, and uh, we're uh, going to talk to her in just a minute. But first, we got to do this. David, do it. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Robbie Lane is joining me today. Yes, I am. We're both giggling. We are. I like that. I, I th- very creative, these little intros. They are, aren't they? <laughs> okay, so I, I did neglect, neglect to mention just before we went to the break... Uh, Sierra Sill. Yes. Something that both Frank, also known as Maudie, and I take. Uh, Frank, who is not with us, he's in a hammock. Yeah. With his beer in one hand and a martini in the other, I, I hope. I hope so. Um, Sierra Sill, and the, you know why? It's because he takes his Sierra Sill. He can get in and out of that hammock. He can do handsprings and a little kickboxing on the side. And that's because Sierra Sill helps with um, joint stiffness, any aches and pains in your joints. It's completely natural mineral that we take daily and find that, yeah, the joints just don't creak as much as they used to. Sounds good to me. (laughs) So if you're interested, the website has been updated. It's very, very friendly and readable, sierrasill.ca, or give them a call at 1-877-JOINT-14, or you can pick up Sierra Sill at all kinds of health food stores like the Big Carrot on Danforth or at Nature's Village on Queen Street South in Streetsville. Hmm. Hmm. Streetsville, a nice little town. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. We have um, <clears throat> Jane on the line who's calling in from Georgian Bay, I believe. Jane, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Jane. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Not too bad. What's your question for Charlie? Uh, my lilac bushes. When are the good time to prune them? Are they big old lilac bushes? Um, they're not really big, but I have two that are a good size. Mm-hmm. Well, the rule of thumb with any flowering shrub of any kind, and lilac is a good example of a flowering shrub, do, what, do the pruning you're going to do uh, right after they finish flowering. So that would have been about a month ago. However, you're not too late. You could still do it now, the operative word being now. Do not leave it till the fall uh, because by that time the flower buds will be formed for next spring and you'll be cutting them off. Okay, right. so do you just cut out the really big stems in it, the middle type? Exactly. The, the, with um, lilacs, we do not trim them by giving them a haircut. There's none of this kind of doing this little, you know, crazy trimming into right. a, a, a mounded shape or whatever. The proper way to trim a lilac is to recognize that it's, it's normal and its shape that it wants to be is in the shape of a vase. So mm-hmm. narrow at the bottom and wide at the top. Okay. When they get bigger, of course, they still have that shape if you don't prune them, but they'll be 20 feet tall and you can't yeah. even smell the lilacs, much less pick them. Yeah. So to get it down to a height and a, and a proportional size that you want and still maintain the shape that you want... You're exactly right. It might require a limbing saw. It definitely will require big loppers of some kind, nice sharp shears, down on your hands and knees, into the center of the shrub, and you will look for the biggest, oldest stems, and you will remove them at soil level, right at the base. Oh, okay. The most you remove at any one time is one-third of the plant. Yeah. So if there's 12 stems growing right now, you're going to choose the four oldest to take out Okay. at ground level. Then you'll stand back and say, okay, might have to do a little bit of uh, trimming just for form and shape at that point, but it all starts by taking out the older growth first. Oh, okay. All right. Now I have one of my lilac bushes that has a maple tree growing in it. Is that going <laughs> to damage them? 
Um, they, neither one is going to thrive. They're okay. going to be competing with each other, and uh, they, the lilac shape will be affected by the maple and vice versa. The maple's shape will be <laughs> affected by the lilac. Okay. Is that a seedling that blew in and, and grew? I guess the so. The maple? I, yeah, I guess so. We've only been here five years, so it's trees that we're trying to get under control and stuff. Yeah. So. How big's the maple now? Uh, I don't, it's, it's about as big as the, the lilac tree, I guess. So, it's not that big. Like six or seven feet kind of thing. Mm, I don't think it's even that tall. Oh, okay. It's a young one. You know, if I were you, if you can, and you've got lots of maples on the property, I would go in there, and if you can't dig out the maple, which is quite likely, mm-hmm. at least cut it off at ground level. Right. Okay. And by cutting that stem off at ground level, it should not regrow. If it does, if some little, you know, green starts to come up from that root, yeah. just continue to remove the green growth, and eventually the root will die. Oh, okay. Okay, because yeah, it, it's pretty hard. Yeah, I would yeah. choose one. Bottom line. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. Good. Thanks Have a great for your weekend. call. Thank you. Enjoy Georgian Bay. Yeah, well. I want to be it's, there it's right nice now. Up here. I yeah. bet it is. We have your phone number, so we'll be up later this <laughs> oh, afternoon. Really? We'll call you first. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye now. Thanks, Bye-bye. Gene. <laughs> you got somebody calling in thanking you for your advice. And oh, good to that? hear. Joyce. Joyce. Joyce, good morning. Hi, good morning, Charlene. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. I just want to say thank you for the advice you gave me with regard to using the Q-tips to pollinate my um, tomato plants. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. There's one plant. It's since I did it oh, two weeks ago that has about 16 <laughs> little ones. Great. Ranging from the size of my maybe fingernail, a small marble to a large marble, and I have more blossoms popping up left, right, and center. Perfect. Uh, yeah, are these tomatoes that are inside your house? No, no, no. They're, they are oh, outside. they're outside. Yeah. These are some heirloom tomatoes. Oh, right. That I yep, yep. You just want to be, ensure that they were pollinated. Yeah. Excellent. Now, what, <clears throat> these, these tomatoes are indeterminate because, you know, some of them are. Or over five feet tall. Yeah. Now, what do I do? Do I lop off the top of it to prevent more um, more tomatoes, or do I just let it grow and then at the end of the season just hang it in the garage upside down? Well, good question, actually. Um, with an indeterminate tomato, what that means is that the terminal bud or the tip of the plant continues to grow forever and ever and ever until something kills it. In our world, typically it's frost that kills the tomatoes. If you take the top off, that terminal bud off, you're going to get a wider plant. You're going to get a whole bunch of side shoots growing out uh, from, actually, from the main stem where the leaf meets the main stem, you're going to find a whole bunch of more little side buds start to grow, more flowers will form, more fruit will form. It's really just a question of what works for you uh, in terms of the height you can deal with. I try to train my tomatoes to a single stem, and I don't allow all those side buds. But you're right. My my tomatoes right now are six feet tall. Mm-hmm. So I've got, you know, some eight-foot stakes in the wings, and then once they get up to eight feet, you know, then they still want to go. And uh, it, at some point, you sort of have to say, okay, enough already, and just yeah. take the top off. And, because they just start twining all over the place. There's just not enough stakes to hold them up. Okay. Um, but for most of us, it's, it's just a question of what's going to be the easiest way to not only um, maximize the fruit, or the tomatoes, but also to get to them, you know, to get in, to get, uh, be able to pick them, et cetera. Yeah. So sometimes it's how close we planted them together can make a difference in, in terms of how wide we want them to be. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, um, usually I 
I by about mid-August, I take the to- I start taking the tops off the tomatoes because at that point there won't be enough time for any flowers that are now forming to actually mature into actual tomatoes. Okay. Do you think that because I've put a lot of calcium, I've even crushed some calcium tablets and loss of eggshells, do you think do you think that that has anything to do with it apart from say the pollination? Uh, to do with the size of the plants? Yes. No, probably not. I mean, calcium is an essential micronutrient, yes. but it will not do a lot in terms of encouraging uh, a lot of green stems and green leaves. It's more probably just the quality of your soil. You know, it's a, you've obviously got a, avail, lots of available macronutrients like the nitrogen, the phosphorus, and the potassium that the plants absolutely need in sufficient quantity in order to really grow and be healthy. It's the compost that I've had there, for 20 years. There you go. It's okay. the compost. Thank you very, <laughs> it's very usually much. the compost. I like that. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Good luck with that, Joyce. That's yeah. great. I love and that. And your tomatoes, uh, David Gaskin and I, who's uh, David's our associate producer out there, mm-hmm. we're looking forward to your tomatoes later on in the summer. Yes, indeed. Well, David reminded me, I brought some in last year. We did some tastings because I always grow a real variety of tomatoes. So this year I have some yellow ones, which are a different variety of yellow than I grew last year and I do have a couple of heritage varieties and of course there's always the little sweet millions and uh, and then the monster beefsteaks because you know summer isn't summer without monster beefsteak you gotta have them so uh, I'll see if I've got any for next week because next week's the last week you're going to be with us Uh, well uh how I do mean, you with mean us, that? Us. Right, <laughs> yeah, us. You mean on the, the garden, garden show? show. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, Frank will be returning the week the after. The week after that. Yeah. All right, well, I'll see if I can bring some tomatoes for you next week. Well, don't week. rush. Well, I'm always around. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> as far, unless you know something I don't know. No, I don't know anything. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> All right, we've got uh, Joy calling from Colburn, and she's uh, okay. going to be asking you about her lilies. Good morning, Joy. Good morning. Good morning. And Charlie's all ready for you. Okay, thank you. Um, I have a fairly large flower bed in the middle of my lawn, um, and it is full. It has roses, hydrangeas, wajillias, peonies, and lilies. Mm-hmm. It needs to be dug up. Um, it, it needs to be, everything needs to be dug out of there and new soil and mulch and that type mm. of thing, which you can't do, you know, in a fairly short period of time. How long can the lilies... Um, the bulbs stay out of the ground before you have to put them back in again. The shorter the time, the better when it comes to lilies. Okay. Because lilies will start to, I mean, what I would do if you're really going to have to take the bed apart, which you're absolutely right, sometimes that's the only way to renovate a garden is to start at one end and work your way through. Mm -hmm. So what I'd be inclined to do would be to divide the garden up into quadrants and tackle one quadrant at a time and take everything out, you know, do whatever cleaning up you're going to do on those items that you've taken out. Meanwhile, the fixing and rejuvenating the soil and putting things back in, in perhaps a different location than they had been with this sort of new garden um, vision in mind. The lilies, I would try, of course, they're growing right now, so it's very obvious where they are. Uh, Once the flowers are done, which some of them might be done already, others are just coming on. uh, They're pretty well done. Most of them are pretty well done. Yeah, so you'll cut off the flowers when they're done. You'll leave those green stems and green leaves because, of course, that's what's going to fatten up the bulbs for next year. You're not going to want to start this rejuvenation until the weather cools down and we're closer to the end of summer rather than midsummer. Uh, And so what I'd be inclined to do when you're digging up the lilies would be to pot them up. 
do not um, shake the soil off and, and have them sit out in the air. Pot them up as if they're still in the garden. Everything you're taking out, you're either going to heal it into some soil somewhere else or have some big pots on hand or plastic bags if necessary with holes in the bottom and you're going to pop everything into like leaving some soil on the root ball putting it as if nothing's changed that it's a trick right you want these plants to think that you know it's just a mini vacation you're you're going from the center of the lawn over to the to the garage for a week or so and then you're coming back yeah and it's first class <laughs> yeah exactly and it will you know minimize the shock on the plants by keeping the moisture levels adequate the soil is still there the light levels are still there and with the lilies i would try and do the same thing Okay, thank you very much. Um, I don't have another question, but could I give you some advice for the lady that has the the maple tree? Sure, yeah. Um, I have found, my grandson has found, I have a lot of trees on my property, maple trees, and if they're not too tall, you can actually pull the maple, rather than dig it up, Mm -hmm. you can pull it out of the ground and the roots stay intact. Mm Mm-hmm. And replant. And replant. Yep, yep, good idea. And just by loosening the soil, it's more likely that the root will come up. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good point. That was Jane who called uh, up in Georgian Bay. So she said she had lots of of trees on the property anyway, but perhaps she would like to keep this maple, and that would be a way to try and do it. It is. Thank you very much for your advice. Thanks so much, Joy. That's a good suggestion, too. I like that. Yeah. Very good. And someone else has a suggestion for you uh, with regard to lily lily beetles. Mm -hmm. So we've got Janet from Alora. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm good. And so is Charlie, and she's waiting for your question. Excellent. Uh, I've uh, got a lot of lilies in my garden and, of course, uh, plagued by lily beetles. Mm -hmm. And I have found a product that is working quite effectively. What's that? Uh, It's organic-based, and it's called King Bug Killer Dust. It's a rotenone base, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I found it, it absolutely will kill the larva and uh, is quite effective on the beetles as well. And so are you sprinkling the, the dust all over the plant when you see the, right away when you see any insects yes. on it? Yes, I was just finished dusting right now, so I thought, oh, ah, I'll give you a call. Okay. Yeah so, you're fine. yeah, so that's working for you. Now, I would expect the rotenone to work for the larva, but I'm surprised it's working on the, on the adults as well. Yes. Well, I've, I've just dusted a few now that I've seen some live adults on, uh-huh. so I'll leave that a little while, and then I'll go out later and uh, see if I can find any bodies on the ground. Yeah, find them with their little legs all curled up That's flat right. on their back. <laughs> the only good ones are dead. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good to hear. So, all right. Yeah, so King Bug Color Killer Dust yes. is, like you say, it's a rotenone product. So yeah. if anybody's looking for rotenone, you can sometimes still find it under the the actual name, Rotenone, R-O-T-E-N-O-N-E, but more likely it's going to have a name like bug killer dust. So you have to look for the active ingredient. So that's bring your magnifying glass. This is small print on the packages, uh, and it'll say under active ingredient, it'll say right on it, a percentage of Rotenone. And certainly Rotenone's been around forever. It's uh, it's still very effective. The one addendum to Rotenone is keep it away from any bodies of water. It's very, very toxic to fish. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, I hope someone else has some good luck, too. Good stuff. Thanks so much for your call. You're very welcome. Thank you. Oh, thank you, and good morning to you. Bye uh, now. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, I was going to ask you something, yes. Charlie. We've had uh, a, a great number of weeds all around in our garden beds and in the front of the house, uh, through the bush area and every, everywhere else. And I bought some uh, weed killer, which contains iron, mm-hmm. and they claim that that works and it's eco-friendly. Yep. It did nothing. Oh, so that's this. That's under the probably the the 
package name was Weed Be Gone or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember it, the name. It's but... Ferris, Ferris something or other. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a high level of iron. All right. Did you follow all the instructions to the letter? I think so. Okay, because it's, it's for so many of these things to work, it, you know, moisture levels and temperature levels, actively growing weeds are important. Yep. When did you spray? Uh, maybe six weeks ago. Oh, okay. So that would have, should have been actively growing. Yeah. And, um, and temperature should have been fine. Because it was, you know, the trick is the soil temperature has to come up to a certain level where the plants will start to actively grow. Then, of course, we get so hot, nothing is growing anymore. Well, the weeds so, are growing. <laughs> well, yeah, the weeds, once they're established. Yeah. So that's the other thing is often it does take more than one spray if they're old, you know, tap-rooted dandelions and that sort of thing. But it should work. So you, you saw no annihilation of any weeds at the all? The odd one here or there, but uh, nothing serious. Well, that's frustrating. Yeah, it is. So then I went out and bought, you know how it's locked up now, the chemical weed killer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I only bought a small bottle of it and it did the job on the area that I sprayed. Right. And what you had, what you bought, they don't still have Killex for sale, do they? Or did you I don't know what the brand name, but wasn't... they do have it locked up. It's almost yeah. like they're, you know, weapons. <laughs> <laughs> well, ra- well, Roundup is still available yeah. for noxious weeds like poison ivy or those, you know, something like a giant, you know, hogs weed, something like that. So the, um, that is still available, but it is locked up. And technically, you're supposed to sign a waiver when you buy it. Yes. Saying yeah. that you're going to be using it on something that's a real big problem and not just a dandelion. That's right. <laughs> I heard your promo this week about hog weeds mm-hmm. and it scared me. I bet. Like, those are ginormous things. I know. Oh, and they can be very dangerous. Six meters tall yeah. when flowering. Oh, yeah. well, and very dangerous depending on your sensitivity. Yeah. Uh, and also remembering you don't want to touch it at all. No. But uh, sometimes there has been some stories about, you know, people think, oh, I'll just take a base- baseball bat to it and, you know, knock it down. Well, of course, there they are in hospital for weeks and weeks with yeah. third degree burns all over their body from, you know, the, the actual horrible exudate on this on the plant so it's not pretty no it isn't pretty and i think about kids playing in areas where there it, might be hot yeah. and poison ivy there's lots of poison ivy yeah, out there. there are yeah so really important to know what these things look like uh, and recognize yeah when the kids go out to play that they know what these things look like too for sure um so just before we go to a break yeah. um i do want to just mention sierra so one more time yep uh this um i keep telling you about this product i hope someday you will try it if you but then you're young and you have no aches and stiffness like us old hey, folk. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, so with age and with the desire to stay active, uh, sometimes we find that the knees get a little creaky, and the, yeah. even when I'm out pruning hour after hour, the wrists get sore. So I find Sierra Soul makes a difference, and I know Frank uses it. And like I say, I know he's hopping in and out of that hammock without even a wince on his holidays because he's taking his Sierra Soul every day. For more information, go to sierrasil.ca or give them a call, one joint 14 or pick it up at your local health food store. It is available at all kinds of places, including Nature Source that has five different store locations, Mississauga, Oakville, Toronto, Coburg, and a new store in Maple. All right. Sounds good. We've got some callers on the line. We're going to take a little break and come back and get all those calls in. 
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And good morning. It's Robbie Lane in for Frank Proctor. Charlie Dobbin is here. And uh, we have uh, Arlene calling from Guelph. And also we have a, a lady on the line that needs a phone number from Charlie. And you'll be talking to her shortly. I, I will. Yeah. Okay. Arlene, good morning. Good morning, Arlene. Good morning. Morning. Nice of you to call in. I hope you're having a good weekend so far. Yes, yeah, so far. All right. Well, <laughs> Thank you. you can shoot your shot right now at Charlie. Okay. I have lilacs. I have two of them in. They're in those half wooden barrels. Mm-hmm. Now they've been in there for seven years, and the roots are starting to come up to the top. Should they be taken out of there and put them right into the ground? That would be a good idea if you have a spot to put them in the ground. Yeah, we would have. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. Or the other thing would be treat them like we would treat uh, any potted plant that's outgrowing its pot, and we don't want to give it a bigger pot. So instead, lilacs are so tough. Really, you can dig it out of the the barrel. With your saw, saw off a bunch of roots and some fresh soil back in the barrel, lilacs back in the barrel, and settle them all in, and they'll be good for a couple more years if you want to leave them in the barrel. Okay, that's fine. But uh, but you yeah. could certainly, because you couldn't do this with every plant, but lilacs are a good example of a nice tough one you could do that yeah, with. Yeah, they're not the really tall ones, I don't think. I, no. I don't know what my husband put in at the time, but uh, I, I I don't think they're wild. I think they're... The, you know, the oh, ones. Oh, yeah, okay. And well, and the other thing, in a wooden barrel after seven years, you may find that the barrels are starting to rot anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it may be time to just move them into the garden and uh, p- check out the quality of the barrels, whether they're worth keeping or not. I, I fed them, uh, I guess it was sometime early July, mm-hmm. with the, like, uh, he, he passed away, so I, I've been feeding stuff, and uh, he left some tree uh, fertilizer. Mm-hmm. So I fed them, and uh, we had some rows of Sharon's, mm-hmm. and I fed those. So is that what I keep on doing, just feeding the yeah. lilacs? You can keep feeding. Like a tree fertilizer typically is going to be a fairly high first number in the three numbers that make up the fertilizer um, proportions. Um with both a lilac and a rose of Sharon, of course, one of the reasons we grow them is for flowers. Yes. So I would be inclined to use a flowering plant fertilizer on oh, my oh. lilacs and my rose of Sharon, and you'll find that the number will be higher in the middle rather oh. than higher at the first number, yeah. uh, just to encourage flower bud formation. Okay, um, then. So what, what I've done this year is fine. I won't bother with the other... That's right. Oh, yeah, don't do any more because no. that, you actually bring up a good point. It's very important that we do feed all our plants, whether they be trees or shrubs or vegetables or lawns, but we stop fertilizing at the end of July. There's mm-hmm. no, oh, the July. Ne- oh, okay. no more fertilizer going out. So if people yeah. haven't fertilized or it's been a good six or seven weeks since you did fertilize, if there's adequate moisture in your soil, you may fertilize again this week, but that's it. No more right. other than, of course, the lawns we'll do later in the fall. And we do continue to fertilize our annual plants, our vegetables and our annual flowers. But uh, otherwise, yeah, all the perennial plants, the woody plants, cease and desist after this week. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, too. Yeah. Do I keep feeding the perennials so no. I don't feed the perennials no. either? Not after this week. Yeah. Okay, uh, then. Fine. Good stuff. Thanks so much. Thanks very much. Great Bye-bye. question. Thank you for your call. Yeah. Well, Verna 
is calling in from Richmond Hill, and she needs a phone number from you, Charlie. Apparently, mm-hmm. you gave out a phone number before. And uh, Verna, how are you this morning? I'm very good. Good. No you... humidity. I'm lovely. I know. It's perfect. <laughs> you it need is, some yeah. help, right? Yeah. Um, Charlie, you've mentioned this over the years, and I've never really needed it until this year. Um, I think there's the word sons in it. It's mm-hmm. it, uh People that will come out and do yard work for you because this little old lady's legs won't let her do it anymore. <laughs> well, you know, it is a company that I was working with at Canada Blooms. That's mm-hmm. where I first uh, sort of found them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really kind of a cute company. It was started by a young guy, mm-hmm. and he just recognized that a lot of people like yourself... Mm-hmm need help around the home. Mm -hmm. They don't need skilled help. It's really unskilled labor. The homeowner typically knows exactly how to do the job. They just can't do it themselves. No, I physically cannot. Yeah, so what he did is he started a company. It's called Rent a Sun. I knew there was sun in there. Yeah, so it's hyphenated between the rent and the ah and the sun. Mm -hmm. The the website is very simple. It's just www.rentasun.ca. Okay. Uh, they are based in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You can, if you go to their website, contact them via the website. Uh, the I don't f- have a computer. I, d- I have access to one if need be, but I would prefer a phone number. Have today. you got a pen handy? Sure do. All right. So locally, it's 416-913-913-9021. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. I'm I'm, what I'm doing it now, because this is your shot, what I'm doing it now for is next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, and exa- I mean, cleaning out eaves troughs, uh, you know, getting up and, and doing things that we oh, just can't sure do ourselves. I've got a list as long as my arm. I, I bet you do. So it's perfect. <laughs> Keep adding to the list, and then when you, you know, give these guys a call, they'll give you an idea of the price. And, and of course, the people they send you do need to be supervised because they are not necessarily knowing how to do all this stuff. Yeah. And they don't come with a lot of tools. They, as far as I know, they expect you to both supply tools and supervision. Well, I, I have it all. Yeah, and they'll do anything you want. So I can supervise. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks Bye-bye. for your call. That's great. The other um, point is for anybody who's outside of the Toronto area and wants to contact this company, there is a 1-800 number. So for anybody, like I say, who wants rent a son outside Toronto is one 866 999 Two seven six six, and like I say, they're they're a pretty sweet group of people. That's a great idea. Yeah, that young guy that started that. I, know. I hope he's doing very well. Cause I it's think a so. terrific idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. I, I have a son, so I don't have to rent one at this point. <laughs> but I do recognize that the time will come, and it was a really good idea. Yeah. So. <laughs> when I was uh, well, we're going to take a break, but just quickly, when I was growing up, mm. we used to go around the neighborhood and cut people's lawns mm-hmm. and charge them a couple of bucks or whatever. I don't see that anymore. No, it's true. Yeah, there's no kids out there that want to cut lawns. Well, it's funny, funny you mentioned that. When I was a kid, same thing. Like when I was too young to get a job at the local whatever. Yeah. Uh, myself and my friend, we made up little business cards, and of course, you know, hand rate yeah. made, and it was. My friend's name was Josette, but of course her short form is Joe. So it was Charlie and Joe's. Um, and we did everything. It, it was like it listed. We walked dogs. We um, babysat dogs if people went away. We would clean houses. We'd serve dinner parties. We'd mow lawns. We'd clean homes. We'd do anything. You still do that? 
oh, yeah, I'm pretty renaissance in what I can do. <laughs> but, but yeah, we wanted to make money. And, I mean, why sit around and watch? Like, see, we weren't, we weren't the kind of sit around and watch TV types. And yeah. We didn't have all the distractions kids have nowadays. That's right. Big difference. I probably would have loved video games when I was 13. I would never have done that. I'm sure. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to take a little break. We've got a couple of callers waiting online who have questions for Charlie. And I'll just give you the phone numbers one more time before we take a break. 367-0740 in the 416 area code and toll free in Ontario 1-866-740-4740. Back with Charlie after this. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. You know, when I'm sitting in for Frank Proctor, I don't really have that much to do because Charlie <laughs> takes the reins, and uh, I'm expected to give out the phone numbers, and David, our producer, came in and slapped me around on that break uh-huh. because I was giving out the wrong phone number. It's amazing. How are people getting through? I don't know. It's 416-360-0740, and I apologize for those of you who were calling whatever, whoever answered that other number. They're probably going crazy by now. All right, Charlie, we... Uh, have uh, Sarah on the line who's been waiting for a little while. Sarah, good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, my question is about the climbing, uh, climber onimus. You onimus, yeah. Onimus, yes. They are getting dusty um, leaves and all stems, and uh, garden center advised me spray and all, and uh, even ant killer, crawling insect killer, whatever I did still... Uh, it is almost one month I'm doing this and not any benefit. They are old, almost 15, 20 years, mm. and they were very nice covered defense. Now they are all dusty. Uh, am I going to lose it or any advice? Uh, well, there is an insect that gets onto Euonymus that is called scale. Uh, a, and the I think I, did, I can't remember if I talked about it last week or maybe it was the week before. Scale insects are very small. Uh, when they're adults, they protect their little bodies with uh, a shell. And so yes. the spray will not kill them. There's no spray that will kill an adult with the shell covering in, in place. However, the young ones haven't grown that shell yet, and they're very, um, they're very easy to kill. And the time to kill them certainly has been the last 10 days or so, and certainly there's still a chance. Did, so they sold you something, a product called End All? And all, and yeah. they, they are all f- flies, you know, regular flies. They're, they're sitting on it. Yeah, well, you flies. know why? It's because the scale insect has, is like a sucking insect. So it pokes little holes in the leaves and it sucks the juices out. And then the scale moves a millimeter and does the same thing again. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they've left a hole behind and the juice drips out. And that juice or nectar from inside the plant is very attractive to flies uh. and to aphids and to ants. Yeah. And so that, and that you sometimes will even get mildew or sooty mold, mm-hmm. black mold growing on that nectar if it's uh, humid weather. So it's a, it creates a real big mess. And ultimately, the, the scale can kill the plant just because they weaken it so much. So I... And um, Endol is a very good spray to use. The trick is to remember it has got oil in it, and it's the oil that's actually going to do the killing for you. So you've got to be shaking it all the time as you're spraying it. In between sprays, you shake, 
and all your spraying is from underneath the plant. You have to spray the underside of the leaves and the stems and branches. Yes. So it, and it's a real thorough spray. You got to spray till it's just dripping, dripping, dripping. And don't spray if the plant is in the sun. It's been too hot for a sun. I don't need to cut it down. Yes, and you probably will need to cut it down to rejuvenate it because it's going to need to grow a bunch of new stuff, assuming you can kill the insects. Yeah, so I'd cut it, it first, then you have to you spray less. It is very hard, you know. It is in the fence and uh, yeah. going inside, outside. It can't be even cut. Okay, well that's right. Sometimes they do get old and they're they're yeah. in in amongst the fence and yeah. growing around the fence. Yeah. But still, yeah, spe- you know, put some long sleeves on is what I would suggest and sort of get in there and see what you can take out. Yeah. Um, you may end up with some pieces of stem hanging in the fence that nothing is growing on. But right. it, it does mean you'll spray less by doing some cutting down. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's worth trying to kill if it's an old plant and you loved it. You'll really miss it. So, um, but that thorough spray is really important. Okay, thanks so much. Okay. Bye. Good luck with that. Yeah, That's a tough one. That is. Yeah. Sounds like a, a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work. And I've seen the scale has been really, really big big deal this year. And so have brown lawns. I was you've got some say, ideas. <laughs> I was going to say, anybody who has a lawn may be dealing with a brown lawn right yeah. now. So I just wanted to share a couple little tips that I picked up. And these are some of the things that we, you know, Ontario turf growers and, and the Turf Grass Institute in Guelph is sharing. Uh, to, I th- these are some of the key things to keep in mind when the conditions are dry. So number one, letting your lawn go dormant is okay. The length of time a lawn can be dormant without killing the turf depends on grass species, soil type, depth of topsoil, exposure, sun versus shade, slope, etc. A lawn can usually be dormant for four to five weeks without losing any grass, like any grass plants. As we move beyond that to the six to eight week mark, expect to see some irreversible damage. So a dormant lawn is fragile. Make sure you keep traffic off of it and uh, stop mowing and fertilizing. Right. Okay. If you are letting a lawn go dormant, commit to doing that. Bringing a lawn in and out of dormancy is very hard on it and exhausts its carbohydrate reserve. Once we get beyond the six-week mark without water, it might be a good idea to give dormant turf a... um, Sorry, a light watering of roughly one centimeter every three or so weeks to help it survive. This amount of water will not bring it out of dormancy, but it will help it survive a long dormant period. Um, And bottom line is uh, the the Turfgrass Institute in Guelph is doing some research right now on um, different species and their ability to tolerate drought. So this is turned out to be an excellent summer for this particular uh, test plots they've got going on. So hopefully they will have some better options moving forward in the future for more drought-tolerant species uh, as we potentially have more hot, hot, yeah, dry, yeah. windy summers in our in our climate. So, uh, so that's just, you know, more information to come on best seeds or species to be growing, but there are some tips on how to keep your lawn alive. Very good advice, and I'm right. sure a lot of us need that advice right now. I'm not so sure that we have time to take another call or Charlie. No, so I, you know what I could do? I will just, um, oh, you know what, one quick email then. 
How's this one? Sure. Uh, Vera, Vera Kern sent an email. She was wondering about fertilizing her uh, clivia, and if so, what num- with a high middle number or what? So again, this goes back to what kind of fertilizer do we use? Uh, clivia is a tropical plant. It is a lovely flowering plant that typically starts to bloom in late winter, early spring. And right now at my house is in, you know blooming like crazy. Yes, you should be fertilizing when the plant is actively growing. So yes, a 15-30-15, so high middle number, middle number being twice as high as the first number is important every two to three weeks, starting usually about February or March and continuing right through until we head into the dormant period, which is September. All right. All right. Sounds Thanks good. Thanks for the question. And thank you, Robbie. Well, again. thank you, Charlie. And I'll see you next week. I will. And you've got another busy week ahead of you. I do. Absolutely. And, and of course, those crazy car guys are waiting because they're on next. Can D- hear the engines rumbling. Yeah. Dave and his mob. <laughs> yeah. They're here. But uh, Bob Comsick <laughs> is going to give us a news update first. And then uh, the car guys are on for an hour. And then I'll be back with uh, Live in the City. Filling in for Frank. So good Filling luck with that. Have thank a you great so much. week. You thank too. you, Dave, so much for all your support. And thanks to our great callers. I'll see you all next week. You bet. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.